If you don't take enough risk, you can't have upsized rewards. Some of the things I talk to women and founders is about just making bigger bets, realizing that even if you quote unquote fail, you have intrinsic value and your career is just one part of a very full life. That's Amy Yin, founder and CEO of Office Together. Office Together helps businesses realize the full potential of a flexible workplace by using software to bring employees together safely and effectively. In this episode, we talk about being raised to start a business, using failure as a starting point, and making your career just one aspect of your life. I'm Maureen Taylor, and this is Think Like a Founder. Now, you were talking about the fact that your parents raised you to be a CEO, not an employee. Tell us a little bit about that upbringing and how it impacted you being a founder. My parents are immigrants from China. And so when I tell a lot of folks that my parents always tell me, hey, Amy, what are you doing as an employee? We raised you to be a founder. They tend to be shocked because that's not the general ethos of a lot of ABCs or American-born Chinese. I have always tried to seek risk. And I have this interesting balance where my dad is risk-seeking. He plays poker professionally now. He quit his job as a scientist to play cards full-time. And my mom is a scientist who's worked the same job her entire career. And so I kind of have the best of both worlds and where my mom is always like sell high, buy low because she wants a sense of certainty. Whereas my dad is always chasing the big pots and he'd rather lose big for the opportunity to win big. The balance between the two is so great to go from scientist to professional card player to welcome that kind of risk and to be successful at it, which isn't everybody. You dropped out of school to start a company, is that right? Yes, when I was between my junior and senior year, I actually started a company off of failure from college. So growing up in the Midwest, I got into Harvard and I was like, okay, what do successful people do? Well, they seem to be investment bankers. So I want to become a really successful investment banker. And so I went to Harvard and learned everything I could about finance. I became the president and grew the Harvard Financial Analyst Club to be the largest finance club on campus. And I recruited super hard to get a job in investment banking. This was the thing that I thought I was meant to do. And I was heartbroken after I did not end up with an offer to work at an investment bank. And so I felt really lost. So what, what do I do with my career? And so I dropped out of school and ended up starting this company with my professor because I was like, well, you know what? I can write code and I am looking for just something else to do. And there's no point in graduating with this expensive degree without any direction. And so my professor at the time was commuting between Paris and Boston, as one does. And he was like, hey, it'd be easier if we all worked in Paris together. And so I packed up and moved to Paris. I learned French. I worked out of the basement of his laboratory. And we created this thing called an O-phone. It was the olfactory phone. The idea was you can hear, you can touch, you can see your phone, but you can't smell it. We fixed that. (laughs) That is funny. Oh my goodness. One of the things that people find as founders is that there is a windy road. You know that you're on the road, you're gaining experience, you're figuring out what it is, you're getting closer to something. And is that how you felt, like you're in search of something? After working in Paris, 
all itch was stomped out of me. I just remember we had this like make or break moment. I was sweating and I could just smell like my feet because I was so stressed out. And I was like, okay, you know what? I need to just go be an employee. I worked at two other startups. I worked at Hired and then I worked at Coinbase. But my dad was always like, okay, this is a great start. But don't forget that we raised you to start a business. And that was the conversation whenever I would call home is when are you going to start your own company? That's your destiny. In that year, you let go of being a careerist and you kind of did what you did and that's what prompted you to the next thing. So take us on that. It was a really interesting moment because similar to how I talked about starting my first company came from a place of failure, not getting into investment banking. Something really similar happened at Coinbase. I was climbing the career ladder, growing my team. I had moved from like a tech lead to an engineering manager role. My team had grown. I was managing a team of eight people. And then pretty much what it felt like out of nowhere to me, I was demoted from engineering management back into an individual contributor role. And this was a really, really difficult moment in my career. I was really putting my heart into it. And then life was like, nope. And so being face down in the arena, I did a lot of things differently. I took a backseat to my career and let myself cruise for a little bit, gave myself a lot more blank space. And I started investing a lot in like Burning Man and arts and like my personal life, things that I had really put on the back burner because I was so focused on Coinbase and like being successful. Ironically, some of my best results at Coinbase were in that year where career wasn't the only thing I woke up thinking about and went to bed thinking about. I allowed myself to make career just one aspect of my life. And actually, it was maybe like six to eight months of this where I wasn't really doing that much on the career front, where all of a sudden I just woke up one day and I was like, wait, actually, the only thing I want to do next is start a company. The first thing I did was I started working part time for another startup. And that really just like got me super excited. But that CEO is really, really gave me all these ideas for how to start up a B2B startup. Like he did a lot of just selling ahead of building, talking to customers and being super obsessed with this like big vision and building a moat around what he was doing. And so it gave me all these ideas and a playbook for how to start a company. And then the second was I actually started my own coaching business on the side too. This is also kind of timed with when the pandemic started. And so I didn't have a social life anymore because you can't leave your house. <laughs> and so it's a yeah, great right. time to throw yourself into work. And so I feel like the stars kind of aligned for me. There's nothing to be distracted with. And then I started working on this iteration of Office Together. I was reading this newspaper article about how Apple wanted to bring folks back in shifts because it was during the pandemic, limited capacity, but they still had to keep folks coming in in person because it was a hardware company. I asked myself, oh, this sounds like a big problem. How are they solving it? And so I just started interviewing 40, 50 different HR and people leaders about what the future of the office was. Um, that coupled with Coinbase making a big announcement about going remote first helped me realize that there was a huge shift happening in the ecosystem and that it was ripe for startups to take advantage and systematize and create amazing technology around it. And also you help other female founders. And this is very important to you. What's that about? 
for me, I've always been all about helping women. And so when I was in college, I had started the Harvard Women in Computer Science, and that was like such an amazing community of folks. I really believe that you have to see it to be it. And just having folks who shared my identity was huge. And then when I was hired in Facebook and Coinbase, I started women in product groups to also just celebrate the identity of being a technical woman. And now I'm still a technical woman. I still can write code and I'm still been an engineer for over a decade, but my identity has shifted where my career is more aligned with being a female founder. And so that's the next cohort of women I really want to empower and inspire. If you don't take enough risk, you can't have upsized rewards. Some of the things I talk to women and founders is about just making bigger bets, realizing that even if you quote unquote fail, you have intrinsic value and your career is just one part of a very full life. And so taking bigger risks on the career side, it's fine if you believe that the worst thing that could happen is that you have a great time and you learn something. What you say about risk is really interesting. The bigger the risk, the more interesting life is. Someone's out there listening to you. What's the best advice you ever got? I've been working with a coach for the last three years, and she's given me so much amazing advice. One of them, it's kind of meta, but the idea is that I am not my thoughts. I'm not my emotions. I'm not my physical body. Like me is something separate from the thing that you're interacting with today. And so having an ex experience of detachment, like this morning, I meditated for like half an hour because I was feeling anxious. And I could say, oh, I'm anxious. Or I could say, oh, I'm having the experience of being anxious. There's an emotion present that some people call anxiety. It actually makes me feel less anxious <laughs> um, because there's just a little bit less tightly woundness of like, oh, my identity is I'm an anxious founder versus, oh, okay, I'm having this like, human experience where I feel anxious. And part of being a founder and a CEO is that it's my job to worry about the company. And so of course I'm worrying right now. So I'm gonna put aside 30 minutes this morning to worry about my company. <laughs> so just one person who happened upon this podcast by accident and they're listening and they do have an itch and they don't know what it is, but there's something. What advice would you give to that person? If they're having the itch, that it's probably time to do something about it. I would have them ask themselves, like, what would it take for me to pursue the itch? Like, what would it take for me to feel totally empowered in my day to day? And for some folks, that's like having certainty and structure. And for some folks, it's about like blazing their own path. Sometimes it's a windy river that you're on. Just think about you, Harvard, dropping out and going and starting and in and out and up and down and then finding here that it's okay that it's not a straight line. Because sometimes people think, oh my God, I'm supposed to be doing something now. That's not true. The imagery in my head is it's a jungle gym. You can go forward, backward, sideways, but it's all just about the journey and about finding great people along the journey. You know, if this current company didn't work out, I would want to start a company again with this exact same team and group of people because they are so talented and so enjoyable to just spend my days with. That was Amy Yin, founder and CEO of Office Together. Office Together is a SaaS company helping bring teams together in the new remote-first world. Learn more at officetogether.com. 
Join us next time on Think Like a Founder when I talk to James Conley, co-founder and CEO of Villa. We talk about taking the path of minimal regret, unwinding your ego, and how your first idea probably won't be your best. I'm Maureen Taylor. Thanks for listening. Series producer is Mike Sullivan. Sound design by Mark Green. Content and scripting by Jason Drown. Production coordinator is Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Roisin Hunt, Selena Persiani-Shell, Matt Johnson, John Hughes, and Ren Barra.